Good evening and welcome to the Franchise Tag Podcast with me, your host, Freddie Hall. I hope you're doing all okay out there. Andrew Manning back with me once again. As much as we would love to be carrying on talking about the free agency frenzy into week three, let's face it, it's dried up a little bit, hasn't it, Andrew? <laughs> so the, all the action happened in one week and now we're just sort of clutching its draws about, you know, the moves that are still to be made. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson, been a bit of talk about them today, but yet to have anything happen with either of them, Andrew. Yeah, I think we're, we're we're at that point now where we're just waiting on those veterans to make their trade moves. Really, um, I know one of the we only had Bobby Wagner, I think, from our previous show that we did that's uh, managed to uh, find a home. So a lot of speculation, a lot of uh, wonder, um and uh, and wondering if it's going to make any difference to our mock drafts uh, for round one with some of the names that are coming out that might be being traded. Yes, but still there is a lot to talk about before the NFL draft that kicks off on the 27th of April, Thursday. That'll be late into the night. So if you are very much into your NFL drafting or you want to watch it, I would definitely book off Friday. Obviously, lots lots will happen. There'll be, it'll be on Friday night and Saturday night as well. Um, well, Saturday usually starts a little bit earlier, if anything, because they do a lot. It's a bit more condensed. But it will go on to the early hours of the morning, the first round. But uh, some of you out there will know a lot of these players by now that are coming into the draft this year. A lot of you out there may be college fanatics and you like watching the college game. Or you might be like me, who has a finger on the pulse a little bit with it. I have a bit more knowledge than most people, but some people might have absolutely no knowledge at all. So what we're going to do in the next couple of weeks is look at the preview, some of uh, the key positions, I suppose, with the draft, the fun positions, you know, the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers. We may touch on defensive players as well as, as a whole, maybe. Um, but this one, we're going to be previewing the quarterbacks that are going to be going in, in uh, declared for this NFL draft uh, that happens in April. And you will have heard a few of them already. And obviously, we're going to talk about them. We're going to talk about a few that you maybe haven't heard of. It might be going in the later rounds. And I mean, we're probably going to talk about where they may go in the draft as well. So, very exciting. Obviously, Andrew is our college football fanatic. He knows everything about these quarterbacks. Is it a strong class this year, Andrew, or is it very top-heavy, or is there is there talent to be found in the later rounds? Uh, well, we've been talking about this um, uh, a lot recently, where obviously last year we said, oh, you know, it's not a very strong class. There's no one really in it. Wait for next year. Uh, and gamble on someone the following year. You know, we were saying CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, you know, you can get one of them and you can build your franchise around it. And I, I was on that train of, yeah, these two guys are insane. There's a couple of names as well that I'm keeping my eye on. And then we seem to have got closer and closer to the draft. And I feel like more and more people are going, oh, no, wait for the next draft. There's better coming out from there with the likes of Caleb Williams and Drake Mayer. So um, I think there's um, there's a lot of talent in here and there's a lot of guys in here that could be, really really helpful for the future a lot of uh, young raw talent as well so i think it's some really strong names um four definitely round one maybe see a couple maybe another guy creep in towards the back end of round one and then a couple in the round two so i'd say that, that that's got strength to it apologies if there was any interruption there my wi-fi is just playing around a little bit hopefully it won't affect the show too much um i certainly only caught a little bit of what andrew said but i'm sure he well informed you about where the quarterbacks may be going in this draft i trust him entirely to be able to wing the show about me if, if anything does go wrong um so before wi-fi maybe kicks out again like why don't we get into some of these quarterbacks that are, have been have declared and are coming to this draft and maybe are going to go in the top five we'll start with We'll start with your favourite because, you know, you're a Ohio State fan um, and that is the quarterback CJ Stroud, who last season got 3,688 yards, 41 touchdowns, six interceptions 
obviously got to the playoffs as well, was very good there. Maybe showcased a bit of the talent that we maybe didn't see him do in the season. Um, so let, let's talk about him because Bryce Young has been the proverbial number one pick for a lot of people for a moment. However, CJ Stroud now is the one that's on the lips of everyone for the Carolina Panthers may be going for. A lot of it is because of his height and um, his, his, his upper body strength. Um, but maybe Andrew gives us more of an insight into why we should like CJ Stroud. There's not, yeah, there's not really a lot not to like about him. Uh, I know I'm going to be biased for this. You've already set off that it's, it's a guy that I watch a lot, seen all of his games, uh, a lot of hype from him, really love him. Uh, but like you say, he's, he's got great size. He's got a great NFL arm, uh, really good strength. And, uh, you, you know, his ball placement is very, very good. Uh, there's, there's not many, for me, negatives to look at him when I'm looking at him. Like you say, he's got that height. At six three, you know, two hundred and eighteen pounds, he he just kind of fits the bill a bit more than a lot of people who are looking at Bryce Young. So I think that's why he's kind of edging him slightly, uh, just surely on um, the measurements more than anything else, because everything else is good. There was only one negative in this guy's column, uh, and that was he wasn't able to extend plays with his feet when he was under pressure. They said he wasn't great under pressure. Um, but I've always said when you it plays out the Big Ten, so he never played a lot of massive, big SEC teams or anything like that. Uh, so he didn't really need to uh, extend the plays with his feet, could use his arm. I mean, look at the stats there. What did you say? You know, 4,430 yards or whatever it was, and 3,688 and 41 touchdowns or 44 touchdowns or whatever. Like, he's great, got that arm, so he could rely on that. And then when he played against um, Michigan, we saw him struggle a bit. But then when he came up against Georgia uh, in the uh, the championship games uh, for the playoffs, he showed that he could do it with his feet. He came he got, when he was in trouble, he moved and evaded the pressure and extended those plays with his legs. So for me, I think he answered all the doubters uh, when it came to uh, his one negative that there was uh, and that may propel him into that first spot and being first off the board. I think we've, uh, I think we've lost Fred momentarily again, his Wi-Fi's dropped out. Um, so I will uh, try and talk to you guys about some other stuff prior to coming uh, until, until we get him back. Um, I think, are you back Fred? I, I am back. I'm hoping that it hasn't that the Wi-Fi going there hasn't affected anything too much just there. Oh, you just froze a bit. I managed to talk all the way through. I've I've given you your, your insight of uh, CJ Stroud, the Ohio State uh, quarterback, and why I think he should be uh, the number one, and why he has elevated in the chats of the number one pick. And do you, and do you think it could be maybe immediate success with him in Carolina? Do you think there will be much of a transition from the college level to the NFL level? You may have covered that then. Sorry, I apologise if I, I didn't quite catch you saying that. But a, a lot, there's a lot of expectation. When you're the number one pick, there is a lot of expectation that you are going to be a franchise changer. You're going to move the needle. It's a lot of quarterbacks have done that. The Andrew Looks of the world, the Indianapolis Colts. A lot of quarterbacks haven't done that. The Baker Mayfields of the world, the Cleveland Browns. Do you think that this is going to be the key to the Carolina Panthers' success is drafting CJ Stroud? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a plug-and-play guy. He's definitely one of these guys that's ready. You can chuck him straight into that offense. You can give it to him. You can tell him it's his, and he will run it, control it, 
uh, and do the job. You know, one of the guys that I really, really like and I really follow for college, I think he's a reputable source, is Joel Clapp. And he says that the Ohio State quarterback position is one of the hardest jobs in college football because the pressure of being the Ohio State quarterback is monumental. You have to be a success. Um, so carrying that uh, on your shoulders for uh, the two years that he was there, I think that holds really high in weight when you're talking about taking a uh, an NFL franchise then onto your shoulders and, um, and, and, and being the youngster in the room and being able to carry it. So I think he's definitely plugging and play, give him the team, support around him, and, and he won't be a problem whatsoever. I think we've uh, lost Fred again there. <laughs> um, let's see if we can get him back. Uh, if you bear with us uh, one second, we apologies for the in and outs from Fred and the questions. Um, but we'll uh, we'll see whether he wants to move on and talk about Bryce Young, um, why people are, are high on Bryce Young. We got you back, Fred. Are you with us? Hello, I can only apologise. I've been trying to fix the Wi-Fi. Hopefully that may be a little bit better. Um, I can only apologise that it's not been working very well. Do you uh, know how hard it is to ad-lib when you're like, does he want me to move on to uh, Bryce Young? Let's stay on CJ Stroud. Um, just, to, just to fill you in, Fred, with where we were at, I've... I've I really think this guy's plugging and play. Uh, I think he's generally day one starter. I think you can give him the locker room, tell him to start. Uh, like I said, the, the, being the Ohio State quarterback, there's big pressure that comes with that. So he's overcome that so he can overcome it with an NFL franchise and carry them too. We've lost him again. Obviously, um, there was uh, some news out. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it. You can probably go online and find the information, but there was obviously a, a little conversation that everyone's kind of rewatched and seen on Twitter of Josh McCowan, who's now the quarterback coach at the Carolina Panthers, saying that um, when CJ Stroud is in Charlotte, he's um, going to play tennis with him. So there's a lot of hype now that uh, there's potential that he's going to go there. And when we look at the uh, the Carolina Panthers depth chart and see what they've got going on for their young quarterback, you know, you've got uh, some nice young receivers there for him to to gel with, with Terrace Marshall, LaVisca Chenault that he can grow with, DJ Chark, who's had success uh, in the two clubs that he's been with, the Jags uh, and with the Lions. And then they've now recently brought over the veteran of uh, Adam Thielen, um, who has been sort of a safety blanket where where he can be 
uh, with the Vikings. So adding a young guy in there like CJ Stroud, I think he'd be able to gel uh, and grow with this team uh, and really get the best that we haven't seen the best out of Terrace Marshall and the Viscous Chanel. They're two guys that lots of people are saying have been a bit of a flop, but they're extremely talented. So I believe there is the chance for those guys to really produce the goods. Now they're going to get in a new guy uh, and start again. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to seeing that relationship that um, CJ Stroud might build with these young wide receivers. Okay, I, I have no idea if that's been broadcasted or not. Um, I, I can only apologise. It seems like my Wi-Fi is just completely playing up tonight. Um, so, you, Andrew, we can carry on or maybe we shut this down and maybe do it tomorrow instead where the Wi-Fi might be a bit more secure. Um, it's up to you. Um, you know, it's up to you, mate. I'm, I'm good to chat if you need me to chat. Um, if you want me to, you know, you want to give another quarterback a chance and see how it goes, then we can uh, roll with it and see where we're at. More concerned that maybe the broadcasting wise, it might be not going out properly. I think it's, I think it's going to be all right. It's, you know, yeah. um, it's live my end, uh, and I've got the ability to start and stop the, the broadcast. So it should. I think it's just you dropping in and out. Okay. Well, hopefully, hopefully none of this has been interrupted. I can only apologise for uh, for technology. I suppose. Um, I suppose you've maybe gone over Bryce Young while I've been away. No, I've literally no? just been just enjoying talking about CJ Stroud. I talked about his fit of the Panthers. Talked about some of the wide receivers they've got there and why he might fit well with them. Um, I did want to move on just in case you had anything uh, up your sleeve or whether you were going to try and move in a different direction or not so brush young is is uh still on the on the board to chat about uh, just producing a normal podcast would be a bit of a feat at this stage of the game rather than having, having something to spin out out of this conversation but uh Bryce young yeah we'll talk about the alabama quarterback a little bit shorter than uh than some of the other quarterbacks there is a little bit of a concern there with that but Bryce young has been for some people, the number one quarterback coming into this draft last season, he got 3,328 yards, 32 touchdowns, five interceptions for Alabama. A factory. Alabama is usually of NFL talent. Um, so many success stories that have come through Alabama. But why is it now that he's dipping to that number two spot where it is maybe likely that the Houston Texans will pick him with that pick? I think people are, are surely just a little bit scared by the hype factor and the fact that it's not really worked in the past um, for quarterbacks at this height. Uh, I think that's a little bit naive moving forward with where the NFL's at. Uh, you know, it's we're not looking for the same style of quarterback that we were in years ago. And this is a guy that's really, really produced the goods at Alabama. Uh, he's been probably the most, you know, his accuracy is excellent. His pocket presence is excellent. Uh, his release of the ball is excellent, so he can throw a really good deep ball. He can throw it downfield. He's, you know, he's good under pressure. So, again, when we were talking about CJ Stroud and we said, what are the negatives? We said, you know, he's not great under pressure, which is quite a, a certain thing that you really need to be kind of like, oh, well, he needs to clean that up if he's going to work. But when we look at the negatives of Bryce Young, I, re I can really only say that size is the only negative. People are saying he's too short for the position. But he arguably threw some of the best balls across the middle of the field over those O-linemen that apparently he can't see over, you know. Um, and it's something that he's, he's delivered every single time. And he's not really struggled with injuries throughout his uh, high school or college career. And people are saying the height and the size of him, that's their concern. But he's not coming from being hit and injured 
uh, and recovering. Um, like we saw with Tua a little bit where we were concerned with the injuries might reoccur. This guy hasn't had that. So I don't know why anybody isn't taking the punt and saying, do you know what? We said this guy um, last year was going to be the best guy in college. We said this, this year, wait for him and take him in the draft. So I don't understand. You know, he's done nothing wrong. He's ticked all the boxes. Well, I'd definitely be going in for Bryce Young. I think he's an absolute phenomenal talent uh, and will overcome the issues when he gets to the NFL, all these high questions. Now, I will like to point a little, poke a little hole in your argument because you are infamous for ripping into one Kyler Murray, who is a, a shorter callback over the Arizona Cardinals. There was concerns about his height as well. And you, you've, with me anyway, I, I think you have on the podcast as well, have, have commented upon his height a lot of times. What is the difference then between these two? Because there is there's they're obviously a lot shorter um Kyler's had mild success in the nfl let's be honest at the minute um has had a bit of an injury niggle for the last two seasons has been in and out a little bit what what does bryce do better than Kyler? um where the the hyping doesn't overshadow it well it, it's quite simple here Fred. um you only need to analyze what Kyler's done in the nfl to prove this point um he needs to get out of the pocket and scramble around and wait for something developed down the field and then produce his magic. If he, if he scrambles around and it's not on, he uses his legs to get himself out of trouble and he does it well. So Kyler Murray had the tick in the box of uh, being evasive and running around and, and, and something developing or using his legs. Um, and that doesn't really work for me in the NFL. You've got to stand in that pocket and be able to throw the ball. And this is what I mean. Bryce Young, if you take away the height factor if you if you if i said to you let's add two inches on him let's make him six one or whatever like that no one would be talking what's two inches um and he's delivered on all counts passing pocket presence delivering the ball over the middle of the field throwing downfield passes extending plays he ticks those boxes kyler murray never did he only ticked scrambling around producing magic outside the pocket and then using his legs if if that wasn't on. Bryce Young can de deliver it from the pocket. Even you had a wry smile when you said, what does two inches matter? Because <laughs> a lot of people, it may, it may matter somewhat, I suppose. But uh, as well as an NSFW, not safe for the workplace comment there, I suppose. Um, I, I'm very excited to see Bryce Young and CJ Stroud in the NFL, both come two powerhouse of schools. Both quarterbacks I've heard a lot about. Um, and then we'll, we'll move on to a quarterback that uh, people are not so hyped up about. I mean, we talked about Bryce Young and CJ Shabby in the two ones that have been hyped up. This is a player who's been, he's getting mild hype up, but there is still a lot of question marks around him. And that's Will Levis uh, out of Kentucky. He did originally start his college career at Penn State. Last season, he had 2,405 yards with 19 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Not, a, a, not as big a school, obviously, as Alabama and Ohio State. There's been some people who have said he could be the next Josh Allen, which yeah, some people may believe that. I'm not overly sure if Andrew believes that. Um, give us the positives, firstly, of Will Levis, Andrew. If, if Will Levis is going to go in this top five bracket, which people are, are rumoured, I mean, Indianapolis Colts have been the most rumoured team to be very interested in him. What are they getting from drafting Will Levis? You're getting a guy that's got an absolute <clears throat> kind of an, cannon of an arm. He's got zip, he's got velocity, and to top it off as well, He's got mobility as well. So he's got that, that combination of big arm and mobility. 
you know, that's why people are liking him to Josh Allen. They're the same traits that he's got. And when you see him and you look at him, he is a presence. Um, so you, you say he's, um, you talk about his, his school and, and maybe not being from Alabama or um, Ohio. But, you know, they're still uh, an SEC team. They're coming from – so the, the coaches and the type of football that they're going to be playing is from an NFL offensive system. So he's already played within that system, uh, which I think is going to uh, help the transition when you talk about transition quite a lot and that being a big thing. I think transitional is going to tick for him. Arm is going to be a tick for him. Mobility is going to be a tick for him. It's just that bad decision-making for me um, that's, that's, that's sort of holding me back on him uh, because there was some very, very bad decision-making. Uh, so this is what you're going to get. You're either going to get a Josh Allen or you're going to get a Daniel Jones. Uh, and they are my comparisons for him of which way it's going to go. So even if you drop down and you get a Daniel Jones, you're not getting something that's horrendous and you're going to have to go out. You've got something that you can work with and you can develop and maybe turn into a Josh Allen. Um, so I'm still quite high on him. I just wasn't, I just got a bit offended when people were putting him as, uh, higher than Bryce Young uh, and CJ Stroud. But I, I do think that there's potential to take a gamble on this guy when he's with these um, NFL coaches and quarterback coaches. If they can get that decision making right with him, you've got a great guy in Will Levis. And obviously, the Colts are the most heavily rumoured to because they're going to miss out on Bryce Young, they're going to miss out on CJ Stroud. You never know, they may miss out on. on two quarterbacks if there's any trades I suppose but the, the Colts have been the most rumoured now they've gone through a litany of quarterbacks obviously not drafted many quarterbacks in the last few years but have gone through a litany, litany of experienced guys Matt Ryan Phil Rivers Jacoby Brissett um, lots of guys uh, do you think it's going to add a lot of if, if Levis does go there do you think he's going to be able to cope with the pressure of really a, a franchise that's at its, at its wits end in terms of the quarterback position ever since Andrew Luck's career didn't really go the trajectory that everyone was always expecting Andrew Luck's career to go. Do you think he, he's going to be able to cope with the pressure? Because the, the Colts are a franchise where at one time, you know, were sure bet playoff contenders, um, obviously a very storied franchise. Peyton Manning being the, the, the legend of Indianapolis, they love their quarterbacks there. Do you think Levis could, could deal with that pressure? Yeah, I think there's almost, I don't know whether you feel like this or the fans feel <laughs> like this, I think there's almost an added, well, not added, like, there's less pressure there because mm. they've had mediocrity, mediocrity in the quarterback position in like the last five, six, what, mm. seven quarterbacks. You've just had mediocrity in Rivers, Wentz, Brissett, um, Matt Ryan. That's, so that's all they've delivered in the names that they brought over. So I feel like he only has to achieve what they brought and a little bit better or some excitement and i feel like that's all he has to deliver at the colts i don't think there's any expectation of someone coming in and lighting it up because they you know none of the guys have had that and they've they've still have somewhat of some success and been hovered around that playoff picture with this mediocrity so i, I think that there's less pressure on him maybe being at the colts mm. it was a little bit like with the steelers and drafting Kenny Pickett even though Kenny Pickett wasn't my number one that I wanted to go for 
I didn't want to draft a quarterback and go like, well, we're going to be a playoff team next season. I just wanted someone exciting. That's why I was edging towards Malik Willis because I'd seen Malik Willis's hot tape and I thought, wow, what an exciting quarterback. You know, it, okay, obviously I'd love a winning season to push the playoffs, but even if it's just some exciting football you get to see, that can at least put your fans at ease for the time being while they're transitioning. And then when hopefully they get better, that's when you're going to reap the benefits of it, aren't you? So hopefully that can be maybe Will Lewis with Colts or, or whichever team he goes to, I suppose. And um, the next quarterback we'll talk about is Anthony Richardson coming out of Florida, who just lit up the combine. I mean, I think there's some people that thought that he was going to be dropping into the second round and then performed at the combine. And now... There's discussion him going in the top five, really, I suppose. Um, he had 2,549 yards last year with 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions at a Florida team that was a little weaker, I suppose, than, than a lot of these teams that we're going to talk about, where the, the, the quarterbacks but are at these teams, I suppose. But Richardson, um, high, high-end athlete, a real athlete, Andrew. I mean, but outside of his athleticism, what can we get excited about with Anthony Richardson? Um, because we all know, you know physically-wise, he is... He's a raw athlete, but what else does he bring to the table uh, as a quarterback? Um, yeah, I think this is this is kind of for me where the combine kind of really hinders the the, the drafting process a little bit because you, you know we, we could send any freakish human athlete to the combine that's never played American football before uh, and would we then be going like oh yeah got, got to draft him first round pick look at him he's he's smashed all the records on absolutely everything and then you go he's never he's never thrown a ball before yeah but he, he's he's six foot four he's 230 pounds he runs this quick you know that a little bit like that you, it's kind of managed to make everybody forget that he went to Florida uh, Gators which has got, which is a massive college uh, with a lot of expectation and is a huge program. And he struggled, um, and he, he he struggled with a team that I'd say had the ability to do better than the record that they produced. So it's not like when, we, if you if we talk about when we're talking about Tanner McKee, who struggled. At, Stanford, but had nothing to work with whatsoever. No O-line, no weapons, no nothing. And and still showed some positivity. That's where I'm sort of worried with Anthony Richardson because he has such a high ceiling. And if you could connect all the dots and it work, wow, what a player you've got. What a player you have got. Um, you know, that cannon of an arm. Uh, you know, Im imagine getting... Cam Newton and Lamar Jackson and just go in. That's what you've got. That's no joke. That's seriously what you've got. He's he's a better thrower than Lamar Jackson. Uh, we've seen him throw that ball. He, he showed that at the combine. He showed how well he could throw the ball. Um, and he's easily the best runner to come out of college for a long time. So there's definitely exciting things to get excited about. I, he's very raw. He's only really had one, one proper season. Uh, so I do feel like you, you, whoever, whoever takes him, you might have to sit him for a bit. I think throwing him in at the deep end might not work. But he's coming from, like I say, he's coming from Florida. So there's he's been in the limelight and he's had that on him. He's not coming from a smaller school. So you have got that ability to put him in and play him. Uh, and it may be sort of like water for ducks back and he will be able to overcome it because he's had the limelight on him for the whole time he's been there.
it almost feels like a bit of a Trey Lance situation, but he's he's obviously in a bigger school than Trey Lance was with South Dakota State. I mean, with no, yeah, South North Dakota State, South Dakota uh, State, North Dakota State. North Dakota State. Sorry, Biden. apologies. I'm sure a lot of people of South Dakota are going to be very angry with me and saying with North Dakota probably if, if anyone in Dakota does watch. But Richardson, obviously, yeah, it, it does feel like it's sort of a similar situation where we haven't got an immediate starter here. We've got a project. We've got an athlete. And if we can create magic here, then we've got a guy for the next 10 years who's going to be incredible. Obviously, like I said, Richardson at a bigger school with bigger expectation. Some people have said that the errors that happened with Richardson at Florida were that they didn't surround him with good enough talent, that the Florida receivers had a serious case of the drops, which I don't know the stats on that. But do you think that is fair? Or do you think that Richardson almost needs to shoulder some of the blame for that as well? Well, yeah, he's definitely got to shoulder some of the blame when we're saying, again, like this guy has decision-making problems um, uh, as one of his weaknesses when we were evaluating him. Yes, you know, you've got to take in consideration that the wide receivers made drops. They they weren't the talent that they've had in previous years at Florida, but it's still a massive program uh, and they attract um, five-star, four-star um, high school um recruits to that school and if they don't work out they don't work out and they don't live up to the hype from high school to college they're still big profile players whereas you know the smaller schools aren't getting them they're getting sort of walk-on players that have you know weren't even talked about a high school so i feel like you've got to uh, evaluate where he is uh, in terms of program and he's got to take some ownership of the decision making and, and and some of those poor results that they had. But th there is fair argument that he wasn't surrounded by the extreme talent uh, that Bryce Young and especially CJ Stroud had a plethora of uh, insane wide receivers that we're going to see come out and go into the draft. You know, they've got a number one this year, a number one next year, a potential number one the year after. So he wasn't surrounded by that talent. So yes you've got to take that into consideration as well would have been interesting seeing him in the same florida team as carl pitts and Kadarius tony maybe we'd have a, a different conversation altogether if he was playing with them guys um gone to a quarterback but i actually when i was in florida saw watched on tv i watched these two teams play against each other had my eyes definitely on Andrew richardson but this guy caught my eye straight away pretty much and i remember texting you going like i'm, I'm watching the florida tennessee game and I know a lot about Anthony Richardson, but this Hendon Hooker for Tennessee, he's he's playing really well. He looks really, really good. And he, he did start his college career at Virginia Tech, but last season he got 3,135 yards, 27 touchdowns, just two interceptions. Did get quite a bad injury. Um, I don't believe performed at the Combine still due to that injury. Um, but Hendon Hooker is a, is a quarterback, but people I don't think are talking about enough. I thought he was tremendous when I saw him play against Florida for Tennessee. Tennessee looked at a far superior team in that game as well. Um, it's hard when you have an injury, you miss a lot of the season, and then you miss the combine, and you're going into the draft. It can definitely mean that you turn into a day, a day two talent can turn into a day three talent. Um, a, you know, a round two talent can turn into a round four talent because of injury. But what? Why should teams feel excited about maybe looking at a draft prospect like Hendon Hooker and getting him outside the first round? Because it, I think it'd be a bit of a shock if he does go in the first round, Andrew. I wouldn't be shocked if he went really late first round. Um, if someone wanted it, again, uh, if you've got a quarterback and there's someone already at your team, you know, prime example for me would be the Seahawks. They've got Geno Smith, you know, so you could, t I reckon you could take a gamble on a Hendon hooker uh, late in the first round. 
and it not be a wasted pick uh, if he turns out to be the level that he could be. The only mm-hmm. issue I've got with Hendon Hooker is his age. He's on the slightly older uh, scale where he's already as old as some of the guys that have already got a few years' experience. I think he's 26, isn't he? He's 25. He's, like, he's going to be 26 25. when the season starts. Mm. So, you know, he's already uh, older than, like, Herbert and Burrow and, and and people that have already got a few years' experience in the NFL. I think that's the only kind of thing you've got um, downside from him because if not, you, you know, for me, without the injury, he would have, like, swept that Heisman Trophy and, and won that hands down. Oh, really? He would have wow. won that if he hadn't have got injured. Uh, really good transfer to Tennessee. A lot of people are maybe saying that he only had so much success because he went to Tennessee, which was a high-powered offense, which was going to showcase his abilities more than than where he was. But he's still got um, an absolutely fantastic arm. He's a good thrower of the ball, and he's also a legitimate runner of the ball. He holds that um, one-two combo uh, in that terms. And he's, for me, when you're showing improvement from year on the year from that movement, shows me that you can show improvement um, from college to NFL. He's a very smart guy. He's a very talented guy. He's a leader. I think there was a, he was at the combine but didn't do anything because of the injury. They say he's going to be ready um, potentially before the season starts, but probably won't be. Um, and from the buzz that people are saying, he comes across really, really well when you're chatting to him with a really, really high IQ. So, um, I think you could take a gamble on him and take him early round two and maybe sneak into round one if you were willing to take that gamble. Because, again, you could have a guy that, as uh, I know he's a little bit older, but could produce the talents uh, to carry your franchise forward for the next next five, six years, maybe. Um, uh, and you, what we've always said, if you can get really good quarterbacks on rookie contracts, you've got a good chance of taking them to a Super Bowl because you can pay the higher money uh, on the rest of the talent on the field. And of course, he has more, I suppose, experience than a lot of these quarterbacks that are coming in. He just doesn't have the age factor like a lot of these quarterbacks have where they're being a bit younger. But he's certainly a quarterback that I am very interested to to watch his journey, really, because he just stuck out to me so much when I watched him in 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 or in Miami, actually. It was in a bar in Miami, I remember now. Um, on to a quarterback, I actually, you're going to have to educate me here because I don't know anything about him unfortunately and that is Tanner McKee out of Stanford who looking quickly on his sports reference page 6'6 is is huge um uh, last season he got uh 2,947 yards with 13 touchdowns 8 interceptions I have to note that I haven't put any of the rushing touchdowns or rushing yards that I suppose would have benefited us talking about some of the more rushing quarterbacks but I just sort of focus on their arm talent really more than the legs and we'll talk about the legs but Tanner McKee educate me on him because he's a quarterback that I feel like no one's talking about um, Stanford, obviously, a school that is in the Pac-12, but isn't sort of infamous for lots of talent. Um, I, I, I don't know that many players that have gone to Stanford. Like, this is where you tell me, like, all these players went there. But um, I, I, what, what do I need to know about Talon McKee? Why should I be excited about him? Just as no. Andrew Luck came from Stanford and Davis Mills came from Stanford. So they, well, look, look, how his, look how Andrew Luck's career went. And also look at Davis Mills is going to get replaced this year. So, you know, I'm talking, you know they've, they've produced Just, some talent. Um, yeah. If if we were talking about um, uh, American football and NFL 
uh, maybe five, six years ago, we'd be talking about this guy being a really high prospect and talent mm. for the sheer fact he's 6'6", six, six, he's mm. 231, he's 23 years old, and he plays that very old school style um, where he's going to play in the pocket and throw from the pocket. His mobility is not there. So you've got one of these um, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli, sort of, they're not going to produce anything with their legs, but they're going to throw really, really nice balls from the pocket. Um, he's got great work ethic, great accuracy, uh, and great anticipation. So if you were looking for that type of, if you wanted to be a, a throwing team and throw of the ball and uh, and that type of thing, then you've got to get excited about this guy uh, as a prospect. Um, he, When he came out of high school um, to college, he was the third prospect out of his year behind, I know, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. <laughs> the names came to oh, me in the end. Yeah. So it went Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Tanner McKee. Tanner McKee. They, wow. were the, they were the three guys that everyone was really hyped about. But um, I had to do a bit of digging of what happened to him. Uh, and apparently he went on a Mormon um, expedition for for year and a half, two years before he actually started playing for Stanford. Uh, and th like I said, the guy had no talent ar around him whatsoever. Um and still managed to have a nice season and, and and showcase some really really lovely skills. So if you're willing to take a gamble on an old school style stand in the pocket, throw the ball, six foot guy, then this is your man um, to take a, a a late round. What you it, there's a lot of people booking him in uh, as a second round pick, isn't there? Um, so you know there's 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 lots to talk about and lots to get excited about if that if that's the case. Yeah, pure pocket passer for sure. Um, and I, I mean, we're not going to be able to go into as much detail as I've done about the rest of the quarterbacks just now. But is there any other names that we need to be keeping an eye out for go into the next few days? The Stetson Bennett's of the world from Georgia, the Max Duggins of the world. Is Who, who are you liking that may be a bit more of a late round pick? Um, there seems to be a lot of hype uh, around Jake Hayner at the moment. Um, I'm not I'm not going to get on the hype with it because I think his uh, his career is going to be great backup my comparison to him is colt mccoy so you've got a guy that you can bring into your team he's a leader he's got good anticipation he's got good presence he can make all the throws he's on again another one of those guys on the shorter side uh coming in i think he's just coming in at six foot flat so um i think he's it'll be a really really good backup real strong backup and be able to play at a level where he can come in and play. So there's a lot of buzz about Jake Hayner um, from Fresno State. But Stetson Bennett, let's 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 talk about him quickly why we've got a bit of time because he's the guy that always gets brought up and he's the guy that people always ask me about because lots of people don't watch a lot of college football, uh, but they read the highlights, they see the reels, they, they look at the big teams and what they've done. And Stetson Bennett, two times champion, led his team, great... Um, you, you know, on screen, great story, chip on his shoulder, sort of plays with a, a a little bit of that sort of swag when he's playing. And they always say to me, like, you know, he's he, he's the best. He's he's won. He won the two championships. His team are the best. Why? Uh, why is no one saying is he a first round talent? Why is he any worse than 
the, the guys that he's saying have got problems. Um, so I do feel like we need to talk about him and we need to talk about where he's going to go and, and where to, to bank on him. He is only 5'11". He is only £192. And again, he is 25, going to be 26 uh, when it comes to season time. Um, so he's an older prospect and didn't sort of moved around, started at Georgia, lost his position, moved. I think he tried to come back, moved, and then finally got his chance uh, to play. I think he got beat out by Jake from uh, when he was there. So, and then he got his shot and he got his chance and he was phenomenal. He led that team. He was, he was the team. Yes. They have an absolutely insane defense. We've seen the players in the NFL and we've seen the hype of the players that are coming out in the draft this year from them as well. But he was an absolutely great talent. I think the only thing you're saying about him is every box that you're looking at of uh, when we were talking about cannon of arm athlete, um, good under pressure, all of that. He just ticks medium uh, for everything. He just ticks like adequate. Like, yes, he can do it. Yes, he can do it. Is he great at any of them? Is he elite? The word elite is used a lot. At any of them? No, he's not. He's not elite at anything, but he's good at everything, uh, which I think plays for a lot for me. He had a very, very good combine. Um, and I personally would take a gamble on him as a, if I wasn't sure about my quarterback, but I wanted to give him another year or so to see what they can do, I'd bring him into the building late round. You're not losing anything if you bring him in in the fourth, fifth, sixth round if he's still on the board. I know for me as a Giants fan, what if it doesn't work with Daniel Jones? And what if he isn't the, the guy we do? What if something happens to him? I think bringing Stetson Bennett in could be uh, a, a great sort of guy to come off and, and give him a chance to prove himself. Could be the next Brock Purdy. Could be one of these guys that goes really late and when he gets his chance, could answer the question and we'll be saying, oh yeah, you know, he was he was good. So I think the mediocrity uh, of no elite uh, skills and his height and weight uh, are what's holding him back. But uh, everything is, bar his arrest that he did in the off season <laughs> everything else seems to kind of trend towards him moving up boards because i think a lot before people said undrafted maybe seventh round maybe sixth round i've seen it as yeah. high as fourth round now and and it's only getting higher uh the closer we get to the draft so yeah i, I think there's going to be a bit of hype around him and a bit more chatter about him getting closer to the draft well, it's certainly going to be very interesting on draft day where these quarterbacks go. If there's going to be three, four quarterbacks going in the top five or even in the top ten, I mean, it's going to be very exciting indeed. Thank you, Andrew, for informing us about all these quarterbacks. Well, a, a lot of these quarterbacks that are coming into the draft this year. You've certainly informed me about people that I didn't know about. Um, we're going to be hopefully talking about a few more of the key uh, skill positions in the next coming weeks in the lead up to the draft. Very exciting things to come. Hopefully there's going to be some more stuff coming out on the Franchise Tag uh, podcast very soon. Make sure you follow us on social media, like us and subscribe on YouTube. Lots more to come out during this offseason of the NFL here at the Franchise Tag. Until then, I hope you've enjoyed this. Keep an eye on everything that we do and we'll see you all again very soon.